50-50. That could go in. It's a whole new game if that does. It happens. It happens. It does. Okay, let's get to our TSN Hockey Insider. Chris Johnston, we missed our lunch date with him last week. How's it going, CJ? Yeah, the World Cup got in the way, but uh, I'll allow it. Pesky World Cup. First of all, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you first about your gorgeous profile picture. Like, we've been dying on the edge of our seat to ask you how you selected it since last week. Honestly, it was most, mostly an Al's brother question, so I'm, I'm uh, asking it in his honor while he's absent. I've taken a lot of playful terms uh, in this one from, from friends in, uh, around the industry. That is but a jawline, uh, CJ. Like, that is chiseled. Well, it's one of those AI-generated pictures, as I'm sure you know, but yeah. maybe not everyone who sees it would know. And so, I don't know. I just saw people doing that. I, I got the Lenza app. It spit out 50 images, and I selected that one just kind of for a laugh or the holiday season to switch things up. I like it. I like it. Uh, our TSN Hockey Insider, Chris Johnson, uh, a master of AI Photoshop and, and also TSN Hockey Reporting. Last night, Mitch Marner's streak came to an end, and I don't know, it almost feels easier to evaluate now that it's over. Just what, what's going to stand out to you when you remember that this 23-game run that Marner went on here? Well, it was pretty special. I mean, Mitch Marner's already had a fabulous career. I'm sure he's got lots of great days ahead, but, he, you know, the truth of the matter is he might never cobble together one stretch, um, you know, as productive as this one has been and uh, managing to get a point every game. You know, I, I think what stands out to me, too, is a lot of those games weren't 7-1 leaps wins where he was getting a cheesy second assist to keep it going. I mean, uh, there was there was some tight games in there, and, and Mitch was, you know, such a big part of the offense. And um, just one of those things where everything came together for him. So, uh, you know, he could start a new streak as soon as tomorrow night, but uh, it's going to be tough to, to surpass 23 games uh, for him personally. If, just if you look historically, you know, Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby, they're, they're, they've had Hall of Fame careers already, and, and, you know, their longest streaks were 25 and 26 games um, in, in your time. So just a reminder, things have to go your way, and, and you obviously have to be in the, in the zone the way Mitch has been. Now we got to talk about the next streak, Michael Bunting's ten game oh, yeah. point streak, because that is it's he's just churning right now, and um, he had a great season last year. A lot of Calder talk, a lot of interesting conversation surrounding him. Um, we were talking maybe like eight year contract for him prior to the season. <laughs> Any chance maybe he gets extended in the season? How motivated do you think he is to maybe get something done? Or um, I mean, the run he's been on, he probably wants to just carry this out. Yeah, I'd say based on the way things have tended to work with Kyle Dubas, you know, as GM, you haven't seen a lot of in-season extensions, you know, for players like Bunting. It's not to say it can happen. I mean, Morgan Riley did sign uh, into October last year, so you know, it's not completely unprecedented. But it's not typically the way the Leafs have done business. You know, I don't have any sense of of where they're at with Bunting now, but yeah, I, I think this is one where it makes sense to some degree to to, to play it out. You know, he is a restricted free agent. Um, Oh, no, rather he's unrestricted. But, you know, I, I still think that the fact that he's a Toronto guy, that it's been a good relationship, you know, I, I don't see a pressing need to have to get it done today. And, and you know, both sides might want to see where they end up before making any decisions as well. I mean, Michael Bunting's still fairly early in his NHL career. Last year was great, as you mentioned, Luca. But, um, you know, backing it up is is proven to be difficult, although he does seem to be finding his rhythm now. And I think, you know, rather than focusing on the contract side of it, that's just good news for the Leafs because – you know, I think you know they've they've really had a nice run here. It's hard to to poke any holes in the team's performance or the way they're built. But you know they've they've relied a lot on the top four forwards to produce goals, and so I think that the more you're seeing some of the other guys in the lineup 
um, you know, get their confidence and, and, you know, put up some offensive numbers. That's going to bode well for the, the long term here as they, they look to take a step this season. Something in my chest feels good about Michael Bunting. I've seen too many hometown guys walk out the door in the past couple of years. And we have played this great audio, CJ, of um, Michael Bunting when he was like 16 years old. It was circulating around Twitter, singing Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas's praises. And, and that's what I listen to if I ever get worried about Michael Bunting walking out the door. Our TSN Hockey Insider. Wow, Chris, where did you find that clip? Oh, I'll send it to you. This uh, Katie on Twitter, Mitch Marnie, she, she digs out the best... Um, archived mostly Sue Greyhound's content, and it is very good. I'll send it to you during the break. It's it's excellent, and it'll soothe the uh, the anxiously fan soul. <laughs> well, let me let me say one thing because I've seen so much discussion in the market about all kinds of guys' contracts. Is the one thing I would say generally is the Leafs have a ton of cap space this summer, right. and you know they have a lot of decisions to make too. I mean, go to cap friendly. It's just a wall of red and blue between their UFAs and and RFAs. But you know they have a lot of decisions pending on a lot of players. But they're going to have the money to keep the ones they want. And so, you know, if Michael Bunting has a season, I I just have to believe that there's going to be a deal there that that makes sense for both sides. I, I don't see this as like the guy's automatically gone. I don't think Nylander's automatically gone. I mean, I think we should just calm down a little bit generally about the, the contract stuff in the market. Calm down a little bit. Generally, I want tattooed on my forearm. <laughs> like, <laughs> it needs to happen in this market a little bit. When things are good, we just have to enjoy them. Uh, our TSN Hockey Insider, Chris Johnson, on the phone right now. And you know what we're enjoying right now is Connor Timmins. Five points in five games with the Leafs. How much credit does Kyle Dubas deserve for that little pickup from Arizona? Well, I mean... You know, with respect to the prospect the Leafs gave up, I mean, it didn't come at a huge cost for Toronto. Yep. And I'd say that, that the way he's played has been somewhat surprising. I mean, that that's not to, to, to you know, put a, anything bad on Connor Timmons, but let's face it, he's had a pile of injuries. His, his pro career really is not um, delivered on the promise that it started with, in large part because of all those different ailments. But, you know, you can even look just before the, the deal came down with Arizona. He, he had a, a four-game stretch in the AHL on a conditioning stint. I believe he was minus nine in those games. So, you know, he was struggling, you know, for the Coyotes in the AHL. Obviously, that's a team right near the bottom of the league standings, and they didn't feel that they had room to keep him, um, that they had six or seven defensemen ahead of him on the depth chart. And so I think it was sort of modest expectations should have accompanied his arrival here in Toronto. And, you know, to Connor Timmons' credit, he's taken advantage of, of an opportunity. And, and so, um, you know, I think this is a good story. It's still very early. I, you know, I don't know that we'll measure him just by points, but let's look at the physical attributes. He's, what, six foot two. Right shot defenseman, you know, still only 23, 24 years old, and he can move the puck. I mean, the, the tools are there. It's just a matter of, you know, how long he can stay healthy, what kind of groove he can get into in this lineup, and that's still not entirely clear because, you know, at some point in time, Morgan Riley will be back, and, and there's going to be a little bit more health on the blue line. I think some minutes will be tougher for him to get. But, um, you know, producing the way he has and, and you know, logging some, some fairly big minutes, I think, is an encouraging sign that, that – you know, he, he does still have a, a future ahead here, and obviously the, the important thing for Connor Timmons is, is, you know, making sure the Leafs are holding on to him rather than having to put him on waivers at some point down the, the line themselves. As an Avs fan, I'm, I'm pumped to see his career back on track because I always thought there was, there was something there with him. And you mentioned health on the blue line. Any Lilgren update? Obviously, we've, we've seen him and Sandine kind of find their stride together recently, and uh, blue line injuries for this Leafs team just seem to be a theme so far. Yeah, it's it's been crazy. I mean, just yeah. to think of just just the, the type of players they've lost. They've even lost, you know, depth guys like Jordy Ben and Victor Mete for a time. Um, you know, it's it's pretty wild that, that the Leafs are still nineteen six and six despite having all that those those sort of avalanche of injuries 
uh, pun intended there for the Colorado fans. Nice, nice. <laughs> don't remind me. <laughs> I don't have anything specific on Lily Graham, but, but obviously isn't a good look. You know, I think he was seen with some sort of wrapping on his hand, leaving the building in New York last night. You know, wasn't able to play the last period plus, and so um, don't don't know how long that's going to be. But but it would seem unlikely that you know he's playing on Saturday in, in Washington. I think that you're looking at another absence. And look, the, the team even started the year without him too. Remember, he was injured. Yeah. The start of the season, and I mean, they've they've found a way to to play with pretty much without pretty much everyone at some point from that blue line. And uh, you know, the good news is that they've they've picked up someone like Connor Timmins who can at least fill in some minutes on the right side of the blue line for him. That's what I find so interesting right now. Like on a regular day to day, everybody like if Morgan Riley was out and and oh T J Brody's back, but Jake Muzzin out, Jordy Ben returning a little bit closer, but. On a regular day, Lilligren goes down, and that's the number one thing that we come in with to start a show. Isn't it incredible that we're not, like, clamoring for Morgan Riley right now, that the blue line's just chugging along as it stands? Well, that's what, you know, one regulation loss in five or six weeks will do for yeah. you. The second one was last night, depending where you start drawing the lines for that streak. But, you know, since Morgan Riley was injured, even while T.J. Brody was out uh, for 12 games there, you know, the Leafs just haven't lost much. So I think that that takes a lot of the heat off. Everybody, you know, including the front office, the coaching staff, the players in the lineup. And, you know, part of me wonders if the Leafs aren't going to be better for all this, to be honest. You know, it, it's not to say that last season was a breeze, because obviously every season does hold its challenges and, and every team deals with injuries. But I think this has been particularly difficult or, or stressed them in ways that, that maybe they haven't been, you know, especially when you couple the fact they came through October at 4-4-2, and two, you know, and, and we're facing a lot of, you know, tough questions and commentary around the team. Um, you know, I, I wonder if this, we might call this a little bit of adversity or, or, or struggle that they've had to fight through and push through, and they've, they've got the job done with all kinds of different guys in the lineup. I mean, they've already used 30 different skaters uh, so far this season, um, which is an extremely high amount given that they're 31 games into the, into the year. And, and, you know, you just wonder big picture if this isn't actually a positive that's, that's being drawn from some tough situations. And, you know, clearly they want to get healthy. They're going to be a better team when, when they have everyone available. But, you know, they've managed to, to cruise along and find other answers whenever they've, they've run into these uh, injury situations. We're talking with Chris Johnston, our TSN Hockey Insider, and you mentioned all those skaters that they've used. Axel Rindle, not one of them, um, but he was placed on waivers yesterday for purpose of termination. Any move, any anything we have to note there about that, or they just needed some wiggle room as as far as the cap goes? No, this is more about dealing with a you know a player who wasn't entirely happy with his situation. You know, Axel Rindell was was picked in the sixth round uh, a couple years ago by the Leafs. Was was feeling that his opportunities were a bit limited in the organization. He was playing in the ECHL with the Newfoundland Growlers, and you know what happened is, is essentially he you know he voiced that displeasure to the organization. The organization actually didn't agree. I think the Leafs, all things being equal, would would like to have held on to him, but they also didn't want to. You know, have someone in a developmental situation who was unhappy. So they, they essentially granted his wishes, and uh, they'll terminate his contract that allow him to pursue other options. And I suppose a, a downstream benefit, if you want to call it, of, of that move, though, is that the Leafs now do have an open contract slot. Uh, they've been carrying the maximum 50 for, for basically all of this season. Um, I don't expect any moves before the, the holiday roster freeze kicks in on Monday night. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens after the, the new year. Okay, no smoke there, but always good to have that extra roster spot. Um, we haven't gotten too deep into trade speculations yet or potential targets, but Pierre Lebrun kind of caught our eye with 
his piece the other day where he mentioned that there was possibility or, or he believed that Ryan O'Reilly had been discussed internally with the Maple Leafs. Do you have thoughts on that, CJ? Sorry, I just missed the, the first part of that. Oh, no, no worries. Pierre Lebrun kind of caught our eye with his piece the other day saying that he believes that Ryan O'Reilly has been discussed internally with the Leafs. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, it makes sense, right? I yeah. mean, St. Louis is kind of, you know, in, in neutral or, or a little bit less than that in the standings. You know, Ryan O'Reilly is a pending unrestricted free agent, as is Vladimir Tarasenko in St. Louis. Wouldn't surprise anyone if the Blues were in a in a shopping uh, selling mode uh, when they get to the new year and and you know the Leafs primary objective is to make sure um, that they get better uh, you know that they they find the best player available and so it, it doesn't surprise me that that's the that name that's that's kicked about there I, I certainly don't I, th- I think it would be premature to say that's their number one target or their only okay. target I don't think that's the case I think it's more you know they've got to have a handle on all the players that might be available but um, you know, Ryan O'Reilly ticks a lot of boxes, obviously, with his experience. Um, the fact that he's a forward, you know, I think really if I look at the Leafs to this point in the season, the, the biggest hole um, that, that I see in their lineup is really on the second line left wing spot. So maybe Ryan O'Reilly isn't a perfect fit that way as a natural center. But, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if as we get closer to March 3rd, we're, we're focused on them adding a top six forward. And, you know, Ryan O'Reilly's had a really difficult year. If you look at his numbers in St. Louis, he's not alone there. But, um you know, I, I certainly think that uh, he'll be someone that gets kicked around and scouted pretty heavily by the Leafs because they've got a big decision to make, and obviously they're only going to have a finite amount of cap space to deal with when they're when they're making trades at the deadline. Yeah, that almost looked a little bit more glaring last night. That spot on the left side, uh, Mulgan experiment has been good to this season, but I don't know how how good of a fit he is uh, on that second line on the left side. Yeah, it's. I mean, what is it? Ten games now without a point. Yeah. It, it, no, it's just it's not going great. You know, he doesn't make a lot of money, and and. You know, I think the Leafs are comfortable playing them there for the time being. But if we're if we're talking about what are the best twelve forwards this team might roll out, you know, to start the playoffs, assuming everyone's healthy, you know, I I, I don't think Dennis Mulligan will be in that group unless something changes, and and that's kind of should be his focus right now is is trying to secure his own spot in the lineup now that he's going to have some reps there because you know with the injuries to Yarncroke and and to Nick Robertson, you know, I, I would expect he's going to continue playing, uh, but you know the results aren't there, and we even saw last night when the Leafs were down in the third period. The bench got shortened a bit, and, and he was one of the players not uh, not getting out there as much. Let's go. Let's go around the league a little here, and I'll, I'll tee this up for you. You can talk whichever McDavid storyline you feel you want to talk about. <laughs> he obviously called out the officiating last night after that kind of overtime drama, but we have also just seen him tear off an 11 game point streak of his own. He's leading the league in points. He's leading the league in goals. Only Ovi has won the Hart, the Art Ross, and Rocket all in one year. Um, Take your pick. Do you want to do you want to talk about his greatness and if if we've kind of just become used to it or um, any thoughts on his comments about the officiating post game? Well, I understand the the frustration post game. I mean, look, he's just seen an overtime winner come off the board, and all of a sudden the microphones and cameras are there. I think with some careful second thought, I mean, by the letter of the law, he was offside. Um, now we can have a wider discussion. Should that be offside? Is that what offside? Um, you know, the, the reviews are intended to do, you know, um, when it's when it's so close to human eye in real time can't detect it and nobody stops playing, should that goal come off the board? I mean, maybe there's a, a broader discussion we had there, but I, I think the right call was, was made in the moment. Uh, but I, that being said, I, I don't I don't blame Connor for, for venting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's 
things haven't gone great in Edmonton this year. Certainly the team isn't as hot the standings as they would like. And we're talking about a highly competitive guy who's doing whatever he can to, to, to propel his organization forward. And, and so I can understand in the moment why that would, would have crossed him. But, you know, that being said, I, I do think with some seeing it in the clear light of day now, I mean, I just think I think he was offside by the spirit of the rule. It's just maybe the rule stinks. Uh, you know, but that's again, that's a different sort of discussion. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at too. Even with that Reeves hit the other night, I don't know if the the debate was is it clean or is it not clean? Is it you, the debate is more like do you like the rule or do you dislike the rule? And I feel kind of the same way uh, about what transpired last night with the with the drama in Edmonton. Um, CJ, thank you so much for joining us on this fine Friday. I hope you hope you have a great weekend and, and rest of your day. Yeah, it's going to be great. Have a good one. Talk to you next week. Love it.